It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min with me, Harry Simiu. On this edition, we're going to be discussing reports that the Spotify CEO slash Swedish billionaire Daniel Ek is preparing a second offer for the football club. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about Matteo Genduzzi's future. All of that, plus your questions uh, throughout the course of this live stream. And this is the first of two podcasts that we'll be recording today, um, both of which are going to go out on audio platforms today as well, because we're keeping that Thursday morning slot open for my Euro 2020 preview, which I'm really looking forward to sharing with you guys. I had a lot of fun doing it, um, putting it all together. So, yeah, really looking forward uh, to bringing uh, that to you guys as well as our attention doesn't shift away from Arsenal. But we start to focus a little bit more now on the European Championships and, and enjoy being able to watch some football without the stresses of Arsenal, without the trials and tribulations that come with being an Arsenal supporter. I know I feel that way about it anyway. Big hello to everybody watching us in the live chat at the moment. Hope you are all well. Um, I want to apologise if you can hear the fan running in the background. I'm sorry, but I can't turn it off. It is absolutely scorching here in London. Again, fantastic weather. It's beautiful. Um, as soon as I finish this stream, I'm going to go and sit outside, put my feet up, crack open an ice cold beer and take it all in because we don't get much of it here in England. So when we do, we've got to 100% make the most of it. Let's kick off uh, by discussing Daniel Ek. Now, of course, the Swedish billionaire, the Spotify CEO, has been linked with a takeover of the club for quite a while now. And, and of course, the Daniel Ek thing has been met with a lot of enthusiasm. I was going to say enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. What was I going to... I knew what I was meant to say. I said it wrong and I almost tongue twisted myself into saying it that way again. <laughs> that sort of approach and that interest from Daniel Ek was met with a lot of enthusiasm from Arsenal fans all over the globe because, first of all, everybody is is sick to death of the Cronkies. You know, they, they've told us time and time again, be excited, be this, be that. This is going to be a big summer. We are fully committed to taking the club back to the level it needs to be at, etc., 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 but it's never come to fruition. And so people are at a point now where they want uh, the Cronkies gone. They want to be rid of them. And the European Super League thing, um, which we're going to talk about on the stream later today, uh, because, of course, the the punishment or, or what is alleged to, that's going to be the punishment uh, has been sort of leaked. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And if it's enough of a punishment, enough of a deterrent to prevent these clubs from doing that again. But the European Super League was the final straw, wasn't it? For for many Arsenal fans, I think, with the Cronkies, there were plenty who wanted them out before. Um, but I think the 
the strength of feeling towards them, the strength of that negative feeling towards them increased dramatically off the back of the uh, failed attempt at breaking away and uh, and forming this Super League. We know that Daniel Ek made an initial offer. Now, the Cronkies have not said anything. They've, um, you know, they've been adamant all along that they do not want to sell. They emphatically told Daniel Ek from what we were led to believe that they don't need the money. So they will not be selling Arsenal Football Club for the time being. We know that the um, initial offer was around about £1.8 billion. Pounds, uh, but Daniel Ecker said this is a long game. Daniel Ecker has repeatedly said that he is in this for the long term and he is committed uh, to trying and doing his utmost and his very best to try and get a takeover through here. And what we're led to believe is that he's readying another bid which is north of two billion pounds. So it's quite a significant jump up from the previous offer. Um, still not known whether it will be enough to tempt the Cronkies into selling, into, um, you know, parting ways with, with their football club. Um, but as Marble Halls so rightly points out in the, um, in the comment section, Eck is serious and I commend him for that. And, and you're right. You know, a lot of people were kind of sitting there and going, well, I don't know if this guy's serious, me included, because I've I got, got to be honest, like I'm a Spotify user. I've got it on my phone. I use it pretty much daily, but I didn't know who the CEO was. I didn't know who the founder was. Um, I'd never really looked into it and I never really was that interested. And then this guy comes along who, you know, kind of opens our ears to the idea of being saved from these owners that are draining our football club, that have killed the soul of our football club. And all of a sudden we're all ears and we're all interested and we're all excited about it. But there was always that bit of skepticism. There was always that bit of being wary of not allowing your kind of hopes and dreams to get get away and and or not to get carried away by your hopes um, moving forward. And, and it seems though, um, you know, that Daniel Eck is someone who is going to keep trying, who is going to keep persisting. And fingers crossed, at some point or another, he can persuade uh, the Cronkies to part ways with the football club. So we knew that previously the club was valued at around about £2 million, uh, £2 billion, I should say. If it was £2 million, maybe I'll try to get a consortium together. Um, but £2 billion uh, was the valuation of the club a few years ago. We know that valuation has declined, right? We know that Arsenal, you know, have, have struggled. We've not been in the Champions League, a couple of eighth place finishes, uh, a real drop in our revenue um, and our profits that we're making over the course of, of seasons has seen the valuation of the club dip. You know, I actually think that taking all of what's gone on over the last couple of years into account, actually a £1.8 billion bid that was tabled or made or offered, whatever you want to call it, uh, from Daniel Ek and his consortium previously was probably a fair amount. But of course, when you've got a situation where the seller doesn't want to sell, you have to go above and beyond. You have to break them by offering them an amount of money that makes them go, well, we were reluctant, but this deal is too good for us to turn down. And listen, the Cronkies are terrible owners when it comes to running a football club. They are terrible when it comes to running many of their other franchises, as fans of those teams will tell you. But what the Cronkies are, are very astute businessmen, very good businessmen. And if Daniel Eck is able to achieve that figure, able to reach that point whereby he's put such a tempting offer on the table or one that is 
well above what the club's valuation actually is, then, you know, I think that they would sell. I, I really do. The, the ill feeling towards them has grown. Um, you know, the fact that Arsenal are declining as a football team means that at some point they're going to have to invest bigger and they clearly don't want to do that. You know, so maybe there is some hope. Maybe there is some hope that Daniel Ek is, is serious. He's not going away. We're about to um, see him kind of launch a second takeover bid, uh, which is, of course, encouraging. It suggests that he is in this for the long haul. And uh, we can retain some small hope of getting them out the door, moving them on and hopefully getting our club back on the right track. Because we can sit here and we can talk about the manager and we can talk about certain players and we can talk about transfer policies and we can talk about a load of things. But ultimately, um, if the ownership are not of the right mind, of the right ambition, then the club will only ever go so far. So we are in desperate need of a change of ownership. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, and fingers crossed, you know, whilst I, I don't expect this £2 billion pounds or offer in excess or north of £2 billion, pound, which is what the report initially said, that was the phrase. Whilst I don't accept it, expect it, sorry, to be accepted, you can take encouragement from the fact that Daniel Ek has come back for a second time. So fingers crossed we get somewhere with that. I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that if this was a serious business negotiation, it wouldn't be played out in public. And I get that. Um, and under most circumstances, I would agree with that. And I would say you, you've probably got a very valid point. Business negotiations should be done in confidence, should be done professionally behind the scenes. But this is not your everyday business. This is not Daniel Eck trying to buy a garage. This is not Daniel Eck trying to buy a dry cleaners. This is not Daniel Eck trying to buy a bakery. This is Daniel Eck trying to buy a football club. And the fan opinion um, is something that he obviously feels he can use as a tool in order to leverage support and in order to increase pressure on those that he's trying to buy from. And I actually agree with it. I think that if Daniel Eck had kept this all quiet, there wouldn't be any noise about it. And subsequently, the whole cronky out thing would kind of disappear a little bit again, like it has done in years gone by. You know, they've been involved with the club for a long time. They took the majority or they took full ownership of the club not as long ago, but even prior to then, it was always clear what their intentions were. Um, and you only had to look at previous examples of, of KSE run businesses, franchises, etc., to understand what they're all about. So, you know, in this situation, you need to apply as much pressure on the Cronkies as you possibly can. And Daniel X recognized that. And Daniel X feels, or his advisors, or whoever it is that's made that decision to play this all out publicly, feels that the public opinion of the Cronkies and the pressure that they may be under as a result of that could uh, be what gets this over the line or what finally forces them to crack. And I agree with it. You're not going to get... Um, you're not going to get the cronky out protests with anywhere near the same rigor, with anywhere near the same power, enthusiasm that you might get now when we start the new season without that pressure. And, and that pressure is important. It's, a, it's slow pressure and it's pressure that will build over a period of time. Um, but it's pressure that Daniel Ek is is applying on them uh, by way of the fans. And the fans are very, very powerful. You saw what happened with the Super League. Uh, so fans can be very powerful. Daniel X recognised that. 
There's no guarantee that Daniel Ek, if he does get a deal over the line, comes in and is a much better owner and invests a lot more money. There's no guarantee of that. There are very few guarantees in life. But, um, you know, he already understands the fans better because he's already made moves that have just, you know, that have highlighted that, that have highlighted that he's at least thinking about what the fans may want to see. He's talked about, um, you know, fan representation on the board. He's talked about, or he's not talked about, he's he's recruited a bunch of Arsenal legends, people who Arsenal fans would, you know, maybe rightly or wrongly, but would trust to run the football club because he knows that, you know, they're loved and he knows that their reputation is there and he knows that, you know, they can do good, um, you know, and, and, and they would have the backing of the people and they have the football at the heart of everything they do. So, yeah, I think he's he's made some smart moves so far, and I, I think he will continue to increase the pressure on the Cronkies. He would have known full well that the 1.8 billion bid that he made initially uh, was going to be knocked back, and he probably thinks this one's going to be knocked back as well. But um, but in making the offer, he's increasing the pressure, just like me or you are sat here now, and we're saying we are actually more convinced by Daniel X's intentions based on the fact that he. Um, has come back for a second time. That's what Daniel Weck is looking to achieve. And he's achieved that. He's done it. He's made us all believe that he really wants this football club and he's going to take it in the right direction. So fingers crossed he can get it done. And, you know, some people say better the devil, you know, not always the case. And it certainly isn't the case this time around. So fingers crossed we see Daniel Weck make some progress here, but brace yourselves, strap yourselves in because it's going to be a bloody long ride. Uh, before anything like that, anything as significant as that happens. And if it did happen, it would probably be our biggest bit of business in 50 years. Uh, something that, that one of our members raised on, uh, on the, in the comment section in one of our previous uh, videos, and, and it's a really good point. And it was raised by Graham Sutherland. So a big shout out to Graham, um, longtime listener and, and, and a big supporter of the channel. And I guess it had crossed my mind previously, but it didn't really cross my mind um, when I was talking about how the summer might go, because the Daniel Ek talk had kind of disappeared a little bit again, and it had kind of gone under the radar. But Graham's point was, does the Daniel Ek interest impact us this transfer window? You know, if KSE are, and as you know, they'll never admit it publicly, but if KSE are considering in some way um, selling the football club, if there's even a little inkling in their mind about the poss that the possibility of selling this football club would be a good move and the right move for them. Would they go and invest massive money in the transfer window? And the argument um, is probably they, they wouldn't. So, you know, that might maybe plays a part. And we've talked a lot over the course of the season about uncertainty behind the scenes, uncertainty at a higher level at Arsenal and the negative impacts that's had on where we are as a football team. And it must be quite unsettling. Um you know, to know that there is someone trying to buy the football club as well. So I wonder if uh, if it's playing a part. I should imagine it's not. And and the Cronkies could never use it as an excuse because they're insisting they're not selling. In which case, this is a complete non-story. So I don't want to hear that used as an excuse for them. But I do wonder if in the background somewhere, um, you know, that is, uh, that is uh, something that they're thinking about and maybe something that's uh, causing a bit of an issue. Today is the day that the transfer window officially opened. And I know I kind of had a little bit of a meltdown on, on yesterday's podcast talking about how gloomy this summer looked because of the fact that we don't seem to be able to get 
anywhere near the money that we'd hoped for a lot of our players. And, you know, I kept referring back to that podcast in which I did the valuations and, and I was absolutely slaughtered for it afterwards. But I said it yesterday, I'll say it again today. I think over the course of the next few months, you'll see that that was quite spot on. Um, you know, I, I really do. And, and that is a nice kind of segue into the next bit of news that we're going to talk about. And that is with regards to Matteo Genduzzi. Now, it's been clear for a while that Arsenal intend to move Matteo Genduzzi on this summer. In my opinion, it was clear the minute he was sent out to her to Berlin on loan that he no longer had a future at Arsenal Football Club. His contract situation was a big thing as well um, and would have played a part in Arsenal's decision and wanting and, and, and kind of need maybe in their eyes to, to move him on. So, um, yeah, you know, what's going to happen with Matteo Genduzzi? And I think I quoted about £10 million for him during that podcast where I talked about, you know, what he would potentially go for. And I factored in the the contract negotiations bit and the fact that, or, or the contract situation, I should say, rather than negotiations. And, and I quoted it at £10 million. And people were saying to me, you're absolutely bonkers. £10 million? Is that it? Um you know, and 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 I think that we're going to see that the figure is not going to be far off of that. There were reports on Tuesday night uh, coming out of France saying that Arsenal had decided they were going to take up the uh, option to extend Matteo Genduzzi's contract by a further year before loaning him out to Marseille with an obligation for them to purchase him at the end of that deal for around about uh, 10 million euros, which was way too low. Um, in the eyes of most, I think it's probably about fair. But the problem is that that money will come at the end of next season and we need the bloody money now because that's how we're going to recruit. That's how we're going to bring players in. We've just talked about one of the reasons, one of the large reasons why the Cronkies may not um, invest. And again, it's not an excuse for them, but, you know, they may be uh, considering that and that may be a problem. So we need the money in now. We need all the money that we're going to raise for transfers in now unless we're going to be able to go out and strike deals with other clubs that allow us to to do things with the future in sight, to make structured payments, et cetera, et cetera. But you know doing that limits you with whom you can do business, and it's not the ideal way to go into a transfer market. Today, uh, La Provence uh, have reported that uh, Guendouzi has agreed personal terms with Marseille and will join them for a fee of just below 15 million euros, so not far uh, off of that off of that 10 million pounds uh, sort of benchmark that I set. And if I just do a quick conversion online, because I, since I stopped working in the bank, I don't really keep an eye on the, um, <laughs> on the exchange rates anymore, but you know, it's around about 12 and a half million pounds. So it wouldn't have been too far off um, in, in kind of that estimation. And it seems like that is where, he is headed. So Marseille looking like the most likely destination for Matteo Guendouzi. Um, and it's looking like we're going to get around about 12 and a half million pounds for him, um, which is probably what we, well, I, I predicted 10. So I'll be obviously slightly in the green, which is obviously good um, and slightly up on our money. But, you know, it's not enough, is it? Like it, when you're, you're looking at players like that and you're going, well, you know, we're going to raise this and we're going to raise that throughout the course of the summer so we can go and buy X, Y, and Z. And then you, you've you got these underwhelming fees coming in for players. Then obviously it poses a problem. And 
I say they're underwhelming because I think the majority expected Arsenal to recuperate more for the likes of Matteo Guendouzi. But for me, you know, that was never really realistic. Not only does his contract officially have one year left to run, you know, of course, Arsenal have that option to extend that by a further year. And that's where the whole loan talk came in. And they might even do that so that they can, they might even be having to do that so that they can get this 12 million pounds for Matteo Guendouzi. But, you know, everybody knows that Mikel Arteta doesn't want Matteo Guendouzi. Everybody knows what happened with Matteo Guendouzi at Arsenal. Everybody knows why Arsenal are desperate to move him on. That affects the price massively. When everybody and their dog knows that you are desperate to get someone off of your books, you're desperate to shift someone, desperate to move them on, they're not going to pay top dollar. They never were. And the French league gun in particular, which is was always likely to be Matteo Genduzzi's, um next destination, is a league that's been incredibly... Um, incredibly uh, impacted by the pandemic and all that's that's come with that. So, you know, on the balance of things, I think if we could get anything in excess of £10 million, whether it's 10, 11, 12, whatever it's going to be, then you take it and you move on and, you know, you just focus on getting deals done. I don't think the total amount of money that we're going to raise over the summer based on sales was anywhere near what some people expected. As I keep on saying, but there is money to be raised and we need to make sure that we do as many of those deals that we're at least contemplating um, as quick as possible so that it can aid us in the transfer market. Let's see uh, what else uh, you guys are talking about in the chat. Give me uh, some questions. Fire over some questions. Put a cue um, in at the beginning of, uh, of your question so that it's easier for me to pick them out of the chat box to see where we are. In terms of uh, likes, um, hold on a second. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Here we go. Let's see where we are in terms of likes. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button as well if you haven't done so already. We uh, want to get to 14K on YouTube as quick as possible. And of course, if you're listening via the audio platforms, then make sure you subscribe there too as well. It's really helpful. We've only got 55 likes at the moment, but there's over 220 of you watching. We should at least have that at 100. So let's get that up to 100 um, ASAP. Right. Let's pick out some questions. Uh, Josh Hunter says, uh, where do you see Arsenal in the next three years if Ek comes in? It's really hard to say, Josh, because as I said a little bit earlier on, it's, it's almost impossible to guarantee that Daniel Ek will come in and be able to invest money and be able to do all the things that Arsenal need to do um, to take us in the right direction and get us back on track. And But the only thing I would say is that it's clear that if he's bringing football people in with him, that even if the, he doesn't have the wealth of the Cronkies, which he doesn't, if the intentions are right, then you can make the best of the club's wealth. And if you've got the right people in from a footballing perspective, Arsenal's wealth is enough to, all right, maybe not win the Premier League right now in the current landscape and in the current state of play, but it's enough to to make Arsenal a better football team than they are at the moment. So having the people with the right intentions and the right people in the right jobs um, could be significant for me, uh, finances aside. So it's impossible to put a real sort of prediction on it, but I do think we'd be at least travelling in the right direction, which right now 
Um, we're not. Uh, Shano says, Harry, do you agree Basuma is the answer for our midfield? I've talked about this over and over again um, over the last few weeks. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But with regards to Yves Basuma, I quite like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's a dynamic player. I think he's incredibly physical and he's got lots and lots of, um, of really good attributes. But I've said time and time again, and it kind of fits in line with what some of the big journalists have been reporting is that I don't think he fits the bill in terms of his profile as to what Mikel Arteta is looking for. Now, that could be rightly or that could be wrongly. But I just think that Mikel Arteta has other ideas in the centre of the midfield. And I don't at this moment expect Yves Bissouma to come to Arsenal Football Club. It would be good if he did, um, because I think he would bring something. But I don't think he's a priority at the moment for Arsenal. A few of you asking me about the Super League news, but we're going to talk about that on our stream later on today. So I'll save that chat uh, for then, if you don't mind. Um, let's see what else we've got. I'm just going to pick out at random a couple more. Um, John Daly says, uh, with the players we have right now, what's your starting 11? For me, whoever isn't in that 11 has to go and then buy players to replace the ones in the 11. Um Based on what we have at the moment, Leno's the goalkeeper. Um, I think the back four would be Chambers, Just. Um, uh, you got to look at Holding and you got to look at Gabriel at centre-back if if those two can get that partnership sorted. Left-back Tierney. Centre of midfield, Partey and Xhaka still for me is the, the prime sort of combination there. I know that we may lose Granite Xhaka. And again, that's a story we're going to be bringing you a little bit more of an update on uh, in the second stream today. So stay tuned for that second podcast today. Uh, if you're listening via the audio platforms, so stay tuned for that. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe in the 10, Saka one flank, Pepe on the other, and probably Aubameyang in form over Lacazette because Aubameyang is just Aubameyang. And Aubameyang at his very best is better than Lacazette at his very best. But that's a tough one because Lacquer obviously had a really good season and or a better season and uh, brought a lot more to the team. Going to pick out uh, one more. Uh, I'm going to pick out two more. This one's from Gary. He says, if the Cronkies have any thought of selling, isn't there a chance they would limit their spending during the window since it would be throwing money at something they'd be getting rid of? Absolutely. It was a point um, we touched on earlier on. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Anton says, do you think the news of X bid on the day the transfer window opens in the UK is significant? Um, he might have timed it to coincide with that because obviously it's, there's a lot of spotlight on the transfer window. You know, those who were critical of Arsenal over the last week or so, including myself, would have had that response thrown back at us all the time. Well, the window's not really open yet, is it? So get on with it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I don't know if it's, if it's, I think it's probably been leaked, you know, at the right time in, in many ways and in what they believed to be the right time. But, you know, does it make a big difference to me personally? No, it doesn't. I think, you know, it had this news drop tomorrow or the day after that or a week down the line, I, my reaction to it would have been pretty much the same, but it's a really interesting point and a great observation, of course. Uh, finally, a um, couple of you asking about the Euros. As I said, we're bringing you Euros content from tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Um, so that'll be live on the channel, 8 a.m. tomorrow. Come and join me 
uh, for that. It would be a premiered video uh, because it's going to be a pre-record um, where we're going to go through the Euro. I'm going to go through the Euro. So I'm going to no not reveal any of my predictions just yet. And we're going to save it for that. Right. We are going to leave it there. Um, just a quick wrap up of what we've spoken about. We've spoken about Daniel Eck and the reports that hit a second offer uh, north of two billion pounds, as we're being led to believe, is imminent uh, as he continues his efforts to try and take over Arsenal Football Club. We've also been discussing Matteo Genduzzi, who it seems is edging closer. I know I've been saying that for a few days, but it's edging closer uh, towards a move back to France where he will join Olympic Marseille. So uh, there we go. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already and you wish to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a member. All you have to do is click on the link in the description for more information. And from there, you can decide which, if any, of our membership packages suit you. We're still 20 likes away from 100. So hit the like button between now and the outro finishing. And uh, of course, subscribe if you are new. I'll catch you all later on today with another live stream, another live podcast. Feel free to leave your thoughts in the comments on all the subjects discussed as always. And I'll catch you all soon. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.